Sale. Hello. Hello. Welcome to episode three. Episode three! <laughs> episode three of Court of Thorn and Roses, chapters 35 through 46. We are done with this book. We did it! <laughs> Crowd cheers! <laughs> Insert sound effect that I probably will forget to do. <gasps> okay. I am Sam Swax. I am Spuds. I am Carbs. Yep. <laughs> so we left off at a pretty uh, climactic point where Farah gets uh, the beaten out of her. Yes, <laughs> after being led into under the mountain by the Ator mm-hmm. and meets the infamous her, Amarantha, for the first time. Amarantha. I kind of hate that it's like Samantha. Mm-hmm. Not gonna lie. Oh. Reading it, I'm like, Samarantha. <laughs> <laughs> we should start calling her that when she makes us mad. <laughs> Oh, Samantha. Oh, you're such a Samarantha right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, welcome to All our right. podcast. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Whoop, whoop. We finished it. Mm-hmm. We did. So yeah, we have to figure out what the tasks are that Amarantha put in front of Feyre to save the love of her life. Tamlin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which we're all kind of like, how are we feeling about Tamlin right now? Are we kind of like, meh? I got one question for you guys yes. when it comes to Tamlin. Why? <laughs> I don't. I don't understand why Amarantha is obsessed with him. I don't understand why Feyre likes him. I don't get it. I, I've like lost all of my luster for him. It's because. Amarantha wants what she can't have. It's 100% it. Do you really think this is some forbidden fruit must be tasted bullshit? Like, 100%. But she did court him and he was like, nah, I'd rather fuck a human. And she was like, well, that can't happen. Right. She was very offended by that. <laughs> Let's talk about where we left off. Amarantha has just told Farah that she has the option to complete three tasks mm-hmm. and everyone will be free or she can solve a riddle and everyone will be free immediately. And Farrah cannot figure out what the answer to the riddle is, so she opts for the tasks. And we find out that there's going to be about a month in between every task. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I believe, every moon? Full moon? Full moon? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she is just essentially going to be in jail in her cell until the task comes up. And she's like, well, what am I supposed to do until then? Or and, doing chores. Yeah. And Amarantha's is like, well, I guess you can just like clean or whatever. Mm-hmm. So The riddle that is given to so that we all have our memories refreshed. So Sarah, weird. don't. We'll save it. We'll talk about it. We'll talk end. about it. Let Sam read it first. <laughs> yeah. Don't let me read it. <laughs> I'm going to put commentary and you're not going to like it. <laughs> you spoil it. There are those who seek me a lifetime, but never we meet. And those I kiss, but who trample me beneath ungrateful feet. At times I seem to favor the clever and the fair, but I bless all those who are brave enough to dare. By large, my menstruations are soft-handed and sweet, but scorn I become a difficult beast to defeat. For those, each of my strikes land a powerful blow. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> What's it mean? Is it because I'm looking off into Listen, the Listening to her reread it, it sounds so dumb. <laughs> oh, oh, so she can say it's dumb, but I can't. Pure... I had one line left, y'all. I'm so sorry. This is 100% pure grade. Oh my god, I'm so Organic. I was trying. fed. I was trying so hard to hold it in that I started to cry. <laughs> Let me okay. read the last one so, so that we get the full effect of Cedric. I'm so sorry. I will edit this out. <laughs> no, it's hilarious. Um, 
hold your breath. <laughs> I did. Listen to it. For though each of my <laughs> I can't even say a word. Sarah J. Boss. <laughs> Strike you down, Hannah. I'm not listening. Just go ahead and spit it out. For though. <laughs> Let give it to me. She won't laugh when I. Yes, she. Don't look at me. Bye. Don't don't look at my shame. I'm not even looking. Oh my god. (laughs) I don't know why I'm crying. (laughs) For though each of my strikes lands a powerful blow, when I kill, I do it slow. (laughs) (laughs) It's so stupid. I needed the dramatic reaction on on that for you. That was for you. I felt my lip quivering at like line three. I was like, oh no. <laughs> you thought it was gonna be me. You were cracked. <laughs> I, I love this. I love this. <laughs> oh. Alright, so carbs. Let's oh, go over spuds. your very strong opinions about this riddle. Sam and I read it a little bit uh sooner than Carbs did. Mm-hmm. And when Carbs read it, she said she couldn't figure out the riddle. Well, so I'm not gonna lie, my first thought can I say what the answer is? Yeah, you yeah. Can, yeah. So my First thought was love or truth, but I'm like, no, it can't be that easy. <laughs> and then I, I I came over here last week and I told Sam that I was like, I still can't figure out this damn riddle. And she's like, come on, Sarah. Like, I figured it out like an instant. And I'm like, and I, and I thought like it was like. I'm not the brain teaser kind no, of gal. No, no. I mean, like, it's not that you're dumb, but no, like, that's, you know, but that's just I, I'm, I'm not into sorry, riddles. I like that's like not my thing. I'm like, sound emphatic. That like, <laughs> no, she could never figure this out. She's not good. No, at but this. like in like whatever books have shit like this in it, I'm like, okay, they'll just tell me at the end. Like right. I never even like bother is like where mm-hmm. I'm at when it comes. Did to you that. say love? Like, like did you write down love and you're like, that's what it's gotta be when you first read it? I know this is your second well, time. It was one line specifically that gave it away to me actually it was the um the when i do i kill i kill slow because of how i kill i do it slow like jurian no like if you don't have if you have an unrequited love or a love that's not reciprocated like that can be devastating what threw me off was the beast line i thought i had to do something with tamlin uh yeah but he's a love no, but, like, how he has, like, a beast forms oh. type thing. I'm like, okay, so maybe this is about, like, transformation or how, like, maybe I was like, is it love transforms you? Okay, or- it was two lines, technically, that tipped it away. So the when I kill, I do it slow. Um, and also the, but I bless all those who are brave enough to dare. It was the combination of those two and then the context of everything else. I was like, I think it's love. Because mm-hmm. I... Maybe it's just because I'm so jaded and dating that I'm like, no one is willing to put themselves out there. This is, this is going to sound silly. When I saw the first task was like a giant worm, I'm like, is the answer worm? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought that I, I was really, I was honestly angry that I didn't think it was that easy. I, I, I really racked my brain over and I feel bad. I'm like, I wonder if Feyre thought it was love and was like, no. I think <laughs> that even if she knew it instantly, she probably was in so much panic that she's mm-hmm. not really thinking. Right. She literally just got the shit beaten out of her. She's illiterate, so it's not like, I don't know if that affects like your memory or... Or how you can like process right. things like that. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. She's also, we- I feel like I constantly forget how young she is. 
She's 19, right? 18. 18 when all this stuff is going on and she's going through all this trauma so when I think about how not only can she not read she's given this riddle she probably doesn't have any type of education I mean Farah's kind of been in survival mode pretty much her entire life at least half of her life mm-hmm. at best and she's young she's so young so young and she's going up against these people who've been alive for 500 plus years and I think a lot of the times we forget that in all of this so because weird. she is very brave. And sometimes I take a step back when someone mentions her age and I'm like, oh my god, I totally forgot. It's a little weird. I thought she'd be maybe in her 30s. I don't know. <laughs> it's only because we're in our 30s. I know, but like... We're projecting. It's I fine. hate that I'm reading a book about a girl who's like 18. Oh it's my fine. gosh, yeah. There are like a few things that I would like to point out about that chapter before we get into when she's like starving, cold, alone, and bleeding. Bring um, it on. Uh, well, so one thing that I noticed is that Feyre actually refers to um, Amarantha, she refers to it as a huntress, which as we know, um, Feyre is also considered a huntress. And I believe... I believe very strongly that Amarantha and uh, Feyre are foils of each other. Because Oh, that's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, if you think about it, like, Tamlin is really the person that connects them. And I feel like Amarantha focuses so much of her anger and her ego at Feyre, which is why the first task is a hunting task. So she felt very threatened by Tamlin falling for a girl who's also a huntress, whereas... Uh, Amarantha is like a conqueror. Well, and it's really interesting too when you put it in the context of Tamlin, because then you can also factor in Resan's weird fascination with Feyre mm-hmm. throughout the last half of this book too. Yeah, why does everyone just love her? <laughs> I'm it's just the Bella Swan effect. It's yes. the like oh, high lord of every court's like I want a piece of that. It's like Let's you hate, go. you hate I'm every sorry. other human. I know. I'm drinking. Oh, <laughs> you need help. <laughs> Fair. Anyway. So that's a really interesting point that you made about them being foils of each other, especially not only in the um, dynamic of Amarantha and Feyre, but in the context of Tamlin and Resand. Mm-hmm. It is crazy that they're both huntresses. Mm-hmm. And she totally, like, I feel like Amarantha does not believe that she's truly as skilled as she is, and that's why right. she gave her this task. Right. I agree. And I, I believe... I, I certainly believe that Amarantha gave her that first task to, to be like, oh, so you think you're a huntress? So the Mittengard huntress. worm yeah. we had. The worm. Did anyone think of the Giant Peach movie? I thought, I don't remember what it was called, but I thought of that Spongebob episode. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. And then, like, and like, you know, remember Sandy like holds on to that dangly thing at the back of your throat, oh like, <laughs> and she thinks she's killed the worm, but it's actually like the tongue or whatever. Yeah, the tongue or whatever. And I just remember she's like, "Oh, this is the tongue." Oh, run! <laughs> so, <laughs> is that your impression of a Texas accent? No. Lynn. Yes, I was Lynn. just trying. <laughs> I used to be able to remember that whole song, she, the the Texas song she sang. Oh God! Okay, so hang on, we gotta stay on track. You're We're talking about the worm. <laughs> so the first task, Feyre is put into a giant mud shit maze. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else. To <laughs> I wasn't say. expecting how she explained it. I could smell it as I'm reading. I'm just like gagging for Feyre. She's pl- she's thrown. 
She's pushed off the ledge into the maze. Yeah, she has no idea. And she didn't take the time to really contemplate the layout of the maze while she was above it. And everyone is peering down at her. All the high fae under the mountain. So she not only does she have to go through this, she has an audience of people who hate her. And she here sees this worm start running after her or slithering after her. And she books it. And she's literally spinning circles trying to cut it off. She realizes that it's blind. Mm-hmm. And it's reliant on her scent. Mm-hmm. And so she decides in order to escape it, she has to coat herself in the mud. <laughs> it's like, but it's like, it's not just mud because it's like regurgitated like people. Well, that's well, what yeah, that's it, yeah. digested. This maze, labyrinth, whatever, is also littered in bones. Um, from the other people or its mm-hmm. other feasts. And then she comes up with this grand idea after she falls into a pit just littered with bones. She ends up breaking all these bones in half and she starts just shoving them into the bottom of this pit in a circular um, mm-hmm. design. And so what her goal is, is to bait the worm so that it goes down into the pit and falls and impales itself on the broken bones because they're sharp. After you break them, mm-hmm. and essentially that's just what happens. I feel like there's not really a way. Yeah, no, she she it. does well. Yeah, it, it does sneak up on it her. It works. <laughs> it does sneak up on her though, and it does some nasty damage to her arm. A really important part is that recent sees her realize that she can mask her sense. There was a fairy that's like, "What is she doing?" And he goes, "She's, she's building a trap because it relies on scent to see." And Feyre just became invisible. Mm-hmm. He's also the only one who put bets on her. So there's that. Lucian gave Feyre the heads up that the worm wasn't where she thought it was. Because the fairies had pulled it kind of to the corner, was like messing with it. They were baiting it. So she thinks they're baiting it. And then it just disappeared. And she and, can't sense it. And, and she, it, can't, she doesn't feel it underground. Right. So it pops out of nowhere, smashes her arm or like bites her arm or something. She's able to use her adrenaline to run and she gets it to follow her into the trap. And, and, and she itself. wins. And she wins. And everyone is so baffled. And then she has to go back to herself stinky but you're forgetting she did do a super badass thing she, when she got out of the pit she throws this like bone sword <gasps> at amarantha and it like hits the ground in front of her and splatters shit and <laughs> dirt all over her she, like javelin through oh, it i was like you know it's not that i don't like Feyre. it's just it's hard for me to see a girl like give up everything for a boy but i respected her so much in that moment <laughs> Um, and then she, and then she goes back to herself. Yeah, she goes back to her stall. She's still a little stanky, and then she gets a little visit. Yeah. When she got beat up the first time after she was given what her options were, she went back to her cell and her face was so badly broken that Lucian was able to sneak into her cell and fix her face somewhat. Mm-hmm. He didn't want people to realize that someone had fixed her face, so he kind of took away the pain and adjusted some small things so that when it healed naturally, it wouldn't be super messed up. So, unfortunately, he was not able to come, especially after his outburst during the first task. And she starts feeling a little bit of a fever coming. She gets sick. She didn't get to clean up, aside from the fact there's a bone sticking out of her arm. So she's covered in dirt. And mm-hmm. she's literally sitting in the secretions of dead bodies, mm-hmm. regurgitation. Eating moldy food. And her blood's oh, not clotting. So she's she's constantly bleeding. So she is gonna die. 
So Resan visit her. This is the moment where Resan offers her a bargain. Mm-hmm. And this is something that Feyre has been told by Aelis that she should not do unless her life depends on it. She's already made a bargain with Amarantha and now she's making a bargain with this man that she barely knows mm-hmm. and she knows she's going to die. She doesn't believe Lucian is going to come and save her because he hasn't shown up yet like the previous time. We have to remember the context of Farah's interactions with Rhysand. So not only did he relatively save her from those fae during Calamay, he also was the one that threw a head into the spring court and made Tamlin literally kiss his feet, but then also betted on her. She's also so sick. I feel like you can't make rational decisions when you're heating up, mucky, bleeding, lightheaded, starved, sitting in a dirty jail cell. You think you're going to die. Rhysand offers her a bargain, and mm-hmm. the bargain is that if she wins this, she has to spend one week out of every month in his court doing whatever he asks her to do. That's what they end up negotiating down to. He originally wanted two teensy weeks with me. Cute. And what are the terms? She manages to negotiate him down. Oh, she tries to go to five. Days. Days. Not weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks, I'll give you a month every month. <laughs> I'll give you a month and a week. <laughs> every month. Five days. And they settle on a week. And she is branded with whirls of tattoos on her left arm. I know. We've I got know. Hannah is our... <laughs> essentially our Feyre. <laughs> I have a hand tattoo on my left. It's kind of floral. It I is. Like it. I like it. Um, well, she describes it as being almost like wearing a lace glove. Yeah, yeah, it's right there. <laughs> I see it. <laughs> my, my tattoo is based off of a doily, which is essentially lace. There you go. So he puts the tattoo on her and then is like, oh, what's Tamla going to think of it? And she just like loses her mind. You got to give it to Resan because he's really putting his money on her. I mean, who would do a bargain with someone? I mean, the first task was insanely difficult like they can only get worse from here but i I mean at that point when he's been trapped underground for 50 years what else do you have to lose at that point like you finally see this glimmer of hope you're gonna just run with it let's go because this bargain is so visual everyone's gonna know that it's him I wonder what consequences he has to face. But what we do need to talk about actually is going to play a bigger part in future books is Jurian. We're going to backtrack a little bit. Let's talk about Amarantha and Jurian. Mm. Amarantha has a ring on her finger that is an eyeball and it's really creepy and it's still moving around so it has like a consciousness to it. We find out as she's talking to the ring that this is Jurian. Jurian was the commander of the human forces that went against the High Fae during a war that was long, long, long ago. And Amarantha's sister, Clinthia? Yes. Clinthia. She fell in love with Jurian. I would say he seduced her and then killed her. I really hated how Alice described it as like he stomached betting her for yeah, yeah it, it was awful. It was like that awful. it was like a it was like the plan of his all along. Like it's just it was so devastating mm-hmm. to hear. And he butchers her and Amarantha as revenge butchers him back. And she puts his eyeball with this consciousness of his soul into her ring on her finger and she keeps his finger bone as a necklace. It's really creepy and gross. She talks to it sometimes. It's more taunting like ooh look Jury and look how humans are stupid. Like so- I feel like it also yeah. just kind of is a oh look Farah, what I can do to you. You could be stuck as a jewelry piece to me forever. It's literally 
objectifying someone. <laughs> but, uh, putting them as an object. So yeah, jur- that, that's pretty much all we're going to get into about Jurian until a little bit later when I mention something about it. But there we go. So let's talk about how Rhysian has been taking his two twin shadows, mm. which are some spy masters to his court. They will get Feyre from her cell and they will paint her up with essentially the design that is on her bargain tattoo and painted all over her body with paints and then put her in this very risque, almost clear, pretty much naked dress. Mm -hmm. It's very transparent. And he takes her to the afternoon festivities. And his his comment for why he paints her is so that he can tell if anyone has touched her. Trigger warning, it's very hard to read. It's very assaulty, in my opinion. I did not like reading about this. I still look back at this and don't like it. In order to get her through the night, he just gets her really drunk. And I feel like that's very rapey. And she never remembers the night and she wakes up really hungover in her cell, just covered with smeared paint. Well, because we half know, naked. Because we know that fairy wine is way like thirty thousand times stronger <laughs> than human wine. And- but she's not completely smudged. So whenever she does wake up, the smudges are only on her arms and like on her waist. Yeah. And she sees that it's from recent. Like yeah. he kind of will will touch her on the waist and have her sit on his lap as kind of like a taunting to Tamlin. I think he's trying to get a rise out of him. Do you think in some way that this is almost his way of being like, hey Feyre, like I didn't touch you. I put paint all over. Like it's more reassuring for her as well. But also maybe just don't do it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You know, I, I watched the mummy. It'd be really cool. <laughs> I watched the mummy last night, the 
pleasant surprise. Here we are. Thank you, Sarah JMS. I think she kept her on the wall to make Farrah feel guilty. Like I oh, know, yeah. yeah. But sure. I figured, like before the third task, Amarantha truly thought she was gonna die. I feel like the final cleaning task would have been to like scrape her off the wall. Right? <laughs> oh, yep. But anyway, sorry. I listened to too much morbid. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Wipe her off the wall. Oh my, just like thinking about like windshield wipers. <laughs> like a little bug. I grew up in the north. Um, I keep thinking about. We never even know if Claire Bedor if was ever removed or honored or anything like that. They do talk about it before she leaves the mountain, but she was still there, pinned up there like a butterfly. But like her, fam- her family's dead. Like mm-hmm. there's no one to see that through mm-hmm. if we were to go down that rabbit hole, unfortunately. But who would volunteer to do that either? After like, dealing with Amarantha, they're probably like, peace. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to task number two. 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 So, task simple, actually. Task two Not is... for someone who can't read. <laughs> and also for people that try to help said illiterate people because Lucian happens to be part of it be the byproduct of task two well I think the way that it's described is set up like they're in a pit there's like this wall between them Lucian is tied up she can't get to him there is this spiky ceiling thing coming down on them that's gonna crush and like you know kill them and how this spiky ceiling thing retracts and, and doesn't kill them is Feyre has to solve a riddle and the the answer to the riddle is um, one of three levers that she has to pull. Unfortunately, Feyre is illiterate. So, I have a question for you two. Did Amarantha know that she was illiterate? 100%. See, I didn't pick that. I mean, I should have, but I definitely didn't. All of these tasks are things that she is aware of and can get under her skin. Mm-hmm. And I think there is even a comment later on where she was like, Oh, man, I thought that was going to get you. Do you think Resan told her or do you think Tamlin told her? Because Resan would be interesting because then you could argue uh, that him helping Favor because he does assist Favor in this. The tattoo she has on her hand gets, like, Bernie when she, like, goes for the wrong lever. So when she goes for the right lever, which I believe is the third one, it's it doesn't go Bernie. And she knows that Resan is the one that led her to pull the right lever. I, I guess, yeah, I guess you, I guess that does make more sense that Resan would have been the one to tell Amarantha she's illiterate. Because especially, then he can play the game. Because I don't think Amarantha read it out loud, so how no. would he have known the riddle because it's inside the pit? Because Feyre has kind of a mental breakdown when she's like, oh my god, I literally could have died because she was going to go for lever two. Mm-hmm. And her arms started like cramping up or like feeling like it was on fire. And she has Lucian in a cage screaming at her to finish the riddle. He was too far away to even help her. Mm-hmm. Which was probably also a choice of Amarantha. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Everything is it's, it's all... So calculated. So calculated and it's all part of the game. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's no way that she didn't know about no that's fair i just i don't know not being able to read i thought it was tamlin that told her but actually i think you're right i think it makes more sense that recent would have been the one to reveal she's illiterate but even then i feel like it's important that recent probably knew what was going to happen as far as the tasks go at least with number two and that's why he did the bargain as fast as he did but hang on would recent have known that she was illiterate by that point well, he did go into her mind when he yeah. well, the second time he met her, but uh, but yeah, no, so that was the second task. Favor freaks out because she's like, I literally could have died, and Lucia would have died, and I would have lost that task, and I only won because Resan helped me out. 
Well, and in that mental breakdown, while she's coping with it in her cell, she hears in between the second and third task, she gets this music sent to herself from the grates, the ventilation. She hears um, them partying, and it's the same music from what she believes is the spring court's music. Mm-hmm. From their beautiful night dancing and Tamlin playing mm-hmm. on the violin. And it's just very comforting when she just feels so down. Mm-hmm. After these two very awful trials, and she has one more to go, and she doesn't know if she's going to make it. She's just tired. Yeah. I let the sun ravage me, let them lay me flat and run over my body with the drums up, up, building to a palace in the sky, a hall of alabaster and moonstone where there was a lovely kind of fantastic dwelling in peace. I wept to be so close to that palace, wept from the need to be there. Everything I wanted was there. The one I loved was there. The music was Tamlin's fingers strumming my body. It was the gold in his eyes, the twist of his smile. It was the breathy chuckle and the way he said those three words. It was this I was fighting for, this I had sworn to save. And it literally saved her. She was about to have an absolute meltdown after that last task. She wasn't going to make it. Yeah, she's just broken. So this was two nights before her final task that this happens. And the night before, she is at another of Amarantha's parties. But this time, Rhysand's being a little funky. He's not coming anywhere near her. He was taking longer than usual to summon her. In the process of Rhysand being a little too distracted for Farah's attention tonight, um... Guess who grabs Farah? Finally, the, the love of her life, Tamlin, finally grabs her and takes her to a back room. And instead of trying to get her to escape or giving her any word of encouragement, he just tries to fuck her. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as romantic as I would have liked it to have been. Yeah, I didn't know what was going on. I was so disappointed. I was like, really? This is your last moment together, and instead of maybe trying to escape, or maybe giving her words of encouragement, or telling her that it's been so hard watching her go through this, and he's so sorry, he's like... Let's drop trial and get to it. They literally, <laughs> he literally doesn't say anything to her. I know, it's infuriating. Like, how do you not say, oh my gosh, I missed you, I'm so sorry you're going through this, this is so hard watching you do these trials, you've got it, babe. Mm-hmm. So, in the process of them stripping down, Tamlin's smearing the Pharaoh's paints. And guess who conveniently walks in? Rhysan pops in and he is like, Amaranth- Shameful. Yeah. <laughs> That's his he reaction. Said he, just he said shameful. Them. But Rhysan comes in because he knows that Amaranth is on her way and if she sees Tamlin doing this, they're both going to be in so much trouble and he's betting on Farah to save all of the immortals. He's like, Tamlin, pull up your trousers. He doesn't have time to fix Farah's body when Amarantha walks in, so he just pushes her against the wall and starts, like, making out with her. But manages to clear the paint off of Tamlin. Rhysand takes the blow from Mm -hmm. Amarantha as she walks in on them. So let's, let's break this down. I didn't feel good after that. No, no. At all. I was like, (laughs) what the fuck, Tamlin? I was so emotionless. And I know that in my mind when I was reading it, I was like, oh, he's probably broken too. But God, poor Farah has to go through like the most bullshit stuff ever from Amarantha, from Rhysand, from the high fair around her and all the people, like the Ador. And now Tamlin, the person that she's literally doing all this for, doesn't even have any word of encouragement. Mm -hmm. He's just like, this is it. 
What frustrates me so much about this scene is literally the first page of this chapter, Feyre says that looking at Tamlin had been particularly hard that day. I don't know. It just reminded me of that, like, guy you date that, like, it just keeps, like, sliding into your DMs the minute you start forgetting about him. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. This just reminded me of that, and I was not happy. And it just felt like, you know what? I'm going to get my last book in there. Which is so sad. Mm -hmm. Which I know, and I know that's not very nice, and I don't know Tamlin that well. We, you know, well, none of us do because he lied since the beginning, so there's that. It's just not romantic. Right? Well, and I think in my point of view, I was like, this is your one shot to try to get her the fuck out of there. You know what I mean? Like this, you have her alone when no one's paying attention. Take the opportunity to at least try to do something. She's literally putting her life on the line constantly. For you. For you and your people and your world. And yet... I feel like he's been so emotionless. He's not the one sneaking into her jail cell to try and heal her or do these things. Clearly, he's not always around Amarantha because Rhysand's her whore. Mm -hmm. He's actually in bed with her. Where's Tamlin when this is happening? What is he doing? I had talked to Swags about this a while ago where I was like, you know, I just don't see why Tamlin can't do anything. Right. Do you think... That it was because he was putting his people's lives before her own? How, though? Because she's the only way to freedom. They're going to be stuck under the mountain unless she's able to conquer these tasks or solve the riddle. And if he cared about his people, he would have followed through on... That's fair. And made sure that she reciprocated her love for him, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he let her go two days early before yeah. it was even due time. When she clearly already did care for him, and they could have broken the curse. And the shitty thing is, is before his excuse was he didn't want her to be put in jeopardy, but she's in jeopardy. Everyone mm-hmm. thinks she's going to die by this third test. They don't think she's going to make it, and even if she completes it, they think that Amaranth is just going to kill her instantly anyway. Mm-hmm. So why not even try? I get the vibe that... He's completely already given up, and this is his last shot of just showing intimacy, where it's like, how can you give up when she's literally still fighting? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%. So, she ends up back in, back in her cell after this awful encounter with Tamlin and Rhysand, and she feels already kind of disgusted that Rhysand had to put his tongue in her throat. She understands it, but she's not happy about it. Mm-hmm. And later on in her cell, Rhysand ends up coming to visit her. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You just put like a slight pause between coming. coming. <laughs> that was probably after the cell visit, if we're being honest. So, yes, you get to learn a. Sarah's tired. That's my giggle spot. I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess we all have our own this episode, huh? Mm. Um, so you get a little bit of insight into Resand a bit. He insinuates that he kind of made the choice to be Amarantha's whore, talking about why he's been drugging her during these evenings and these events. Talks about how Amarantha is punishing Resand as an extension of his father for killing Tamlin's father, which we had already learned about. Mm-hmm. The drama. So much drama between the Night Court and Spring Court. He pretty much confides in her and is like, here we are with the fate of our immortal world in the hands of an illiterate human. Burn. That's kind of a burn. Well, and she pretty much tells him, if you're going to insult me, get out. I do like that she still keeps her spicy side throughout mm-hmm. all this. So then we cut to the final task. Rough. The third and final task is Feyre is required to stab 
three fairies in the heart. Essentially, the three people are on their knees. They're all hooded, and each person has a fresh dagger. And one by one, she takes the dagger, and they rip the hood off, and she has to look these people in the face. This is rough. If she doesn't, she's risking the lives of not only the spring court, the night court, everyone who's under the mountain, but also the war that's impending on the human world. So she decides to do it. And she kills the first fairy, which is a man, and he dies. The second one was just as hard. Well, and you have to remember that their family members are watching this. Like, they're crying out behind her as she's doing this. Mm -hmm. Like, please don't do this, please don't do this, and then sobbing when it happens. Mm -hmm. I don't often read characters, especially in fiction, that actually do the thing you wouldn't expect them to. I think there was a part of me that was like, no, Farrah's going to turn around to Amaranth and be like, I can't kill a, a person. And then Amaranth would be like, well, that was the test and you won the test. Like, <laughs> the test <laughs> was ever after. Right. And I was like, and then I thought about, like, no, that would never happen. And Farrah's a survivor. She weighed her odds very much like with the wolf in the first chapter. And this was the best option for survival. This but was going to have the, the best results. You sacrificed the one to save the millions. Yeah. Unfortunately. Well, no, it, it doesn't discount how hard it was for her. She constantly right. thinks about that. And she's like, I'll never paint again. These colors that I'm seeing in their eyes and their faces, I just will never be able to feel anything ever again. I'll never see color again. I'm so awful. The guilt will carry with me for the rest of my life. And she's already thinking that after the second one, she's like, I'm just going to kill myself on Mm -hmm. the third one. She's already so broken that by the time the third person comes before they're unhooded, she's ready to take the knife and stab herself. And then we find out who the final person is. Tamlin. It's Tamlin. That even despite her seeing Tamlin next to Amarantha, it, it was, was a actually the Ator. Yeah, so she's there thinking that Tamlin's all safe and cozy next to Amarantha until that hood is lifted. What a nasty thing to do. Know, like, just right? to prove. <laughs> now you guys make fun of me because I, I, I said I'd rather be right than happy, but what a horrible way to prove you're right. Like, because <laughs> I feel like she's trying to prove to, like, everyone that everyone she never that loved humans, him. Well, yeah, that and the humans are the worst, but like, yeah, like, there's no uh, human <laughs> Humans are the worst even though I'm making her do all this. Right, exactly, but like, at the end of the day, humans will kill Faye. I, even though I'm making her do it, it's still the truth. <laughs> that looks like such a Trump thing to say. So, this is something that comes back to when Alice told her before she went under the mountain that there was one more thing they could not tell her that was part of the curse and that she would know if only she listened. And those phrases that pop into her head in those final moments as she's staring down Tamlin, ready to stab herself in the heart, phrases like, For someone with a heart of stone, yours is certainly soft these days. Though you have a heart of stone, Tamlin, you certainly keep a host of fear inside it. So what we think is that his heart is made out of stone. Like, (laughs) literally. literally. But she also realizes Tamlin is the endgame for Amarantha. He's the prize. Why would she have her kill Tamlin Mm -hmm. if at the end of the day, that's what Amarantha wants? Right. And so she's like, I love you. (laughs) Yeah. And stabs him. No, she made the best choice. Logically, she's right. It makes sense. Amarantha's always wanted Tamlin. Yeah. Why? So why would she kill him? She wants to prove that why she would can she have risk it all. Him now? Right. And, and, and it turns out it uh, works. Yeah, she took she took the right gamble. Unfortunately, uh, Amarantha, Amarantha is a bitch. 
which... Surprise, surprise! Feyre stabs Tamlin in the heart, succeeds in completing the final task, and Amarantha is like, well, you didn't specify when I was supposed to let you guys go. And she was like, oh, you confused that with you getting the riddle correct when I said immediately release them. I never said that with the three tasks. Bada boom. Wordplay. You lose. I win. Shut up. Mm-hmm. Then the crowd gets a little rowdy and they're like, well, that's cheating like that. It, like, sure, you can interpret that how you want, but clearly the intention was an immediate release and people start getting really mad. Well, and you know what? She keeps she keeps baiting Farrah and she's like, I will let them all free right now if you admit that you never loved him. You genuinely never loved him. Her ugly side, her hatred of humans, she is still grasping. She cannot handle the fact that a human has outsmarted her, and she is not going to admit defeat. Nope. So then she start, She continues to taunt Feyre about Tamlin to the point that she starts torturing her. And all of a sudden, in Feyre's final moments, she realizes the Whoa. answer to the riddle But is... how she does it, she just goes, Love. the answer to the riddle. Love. And, and then, then all of a sudden, cracks. cracks. <laughs> and she dies. She did. <laughs> Resand even though he did not have his full powers back, jumps Amarantha. She tries to strike her down, whereas... Like, with the dagger know, that yeah, she stabbed right, uh, Tamlin, Tamlin with. with. And Tamlin's just, like, holding on to Amaranth, like, please, please, please don't kill her. And, like, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm, making, I'm making fun of him. They handle it very differently. Resand is a fighter. And he continues to fight after her death. So what's really interesting is the POV of Feyre doesn't end when she dies. She is weirdly holding on in a spiritual form to Resand of all people. She can see herself through his eyes. She can see everything that he is processing through what's left of that last shred of her soul. Which, like, can we take a moment and just realize how up it is to see her dead body laying in front of you. Oh, and watching the trauma. So she's feeling Resan's devastation. She's watching Tamlin's. She's seeing Amarantha holding or doing whatever to her dead body. Because she got the riddle right, the curses instantly lift and mm-hmm. Tamlin turns into beast mode. All the men have their powers back. He Let's go, baby. stabs her in the face, goes uh. through the wall, and then in his beast mode, rips her throat out. With his teeth. Mm -hmm. Love that for him. (laughs) Which is also... (laughs) So gross. Rhysand had made that comment in Feyre's cell the night before that at the end of the day, what Rhysand's intentions were of all the taunting was... The goal to rile him up so that if it push came to shove, Tamlin was going to be so frustrated that when that moment came, he was going to snap. Because of her sacrifice, now Amarantha is gone. They're looking at Feyre's dead body, or at least Resand is, and probably unknowingly, Feyre is watching this again through Resand's eyes. And he says that she deserves that second chance at life for sacrificing herself to save an entire realm of people. No pressure. There's this magical ability that every Every single Lord of the High Courts, the seven of them, the four seasonal and the four solar, they all have to donate like the tiniest shred of their power to bring her back as a high fae. Resand was able to convince all seven of the High Lords to uh, bring Feyre back as the savior of their people. Give her little power droplets. (laughs) And they did it. And, and she she's lived. back and better than ever. Yeah, she's a maybe not better than ever, <laughs> but now <laughs> not she's, initially. Now she is a uh, high fae. Mm-hmm. 
She's alive! I just keep thinking of young Frankenstein. It's so dumb. It could work! <laughs> and it did. So, Feyre and Tamlin are properly reunited in her new high faith form. And it's time to go home. Uh-huh. Quickie little goodbye to Rhysand, who's like, I'll see you one week a month. Wink, wink. Do you know that the Ator went missing with Jurian's finger the... bone and eyeball ring. So those have gone missing. I wonder what's going to happen to those. I don't know, but that I'm po- curious. That poor human soul hasn't been tortured enough. For a lot of people, I feel like from people that I've talked to, just friends who are familiar with Sarah J. Mass, who haven't read Akatar, they have avoided it because it's known to be a little more intimate and smutty mm-hmm. than her other series, which is, like, fine if that's the thing you're into and they just kind of were not into it. And I will say that if you are one of those people, you could totally read book one and never read any of the other books. That's fair. You know, like, they ended it on a very good note that I feel like it was fulfilling, it had everything that I wanted, and if I didn't want to continue, it was a good book. They left it at a point where you... Obviously, we know because there's more books in the series that there's a longer story, but it could have actually ended there. Yeah. I mean, honestly, in the handful of smut books I have been getting into, this is pretty mild. This one? Well, I think her series in general is. Maybe compared to what what Blood and Ash, I read Savage Lands, like... These books are pretty mild in regards to this. I mean, until like Silver Flame. So we'll unpack that eventually. It depends what, you, what floats your boat. But I'm just saying, if you're not into smut, you could totally read this book and be fine. Mm. And you wouldn't have to read any of the other ones. Because mm-hmm. it was a good book. Yeah, I think was... the plot was really strong. So yeah. Yeah. Are you I excited mean... for book two? Yeah, I am. Um, I was not. <laughs> that does not sound excited. No, no. It's just, it's just like, I wasn't particularly happy with her being with Tamlin. I don't know, there was a part of me that was like, like, I was just been like, I, I would have gone to the bank. I would have, like, cashed in my first week. Like, but... <laughs> Next, we will be diving into the second book, A Court of Mist and Fury. Part 1, The House of the Beast. Chapters 1 through 13. Beautiful. Bye. 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 <laughs>